Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. For my next few ramblings, I'm going to explore the world of narcissism. It's a word that, you, that is used a lot more frequently than it used to be and comes up a fair bit in the sessions that I have with clients and people that I speak to who are looking for sessions. Narcissism is the secondhand smoke of our time. If you stand too close to it, you are going to get sick. That's according to Dr. Romani de Fasula, who's an expert in the field of narcissism. Narcissists have a prominent place in the world, and the word is used so much more commonly as the awareness of its existence continues to grow. The label narcissist is widely deployed to refer to people who fear to, um, appear to be too full of themselves. And there's also a growing sense that narcissism is on the rise around the world, especially among young people although most psychological research does not support that notion. I believe it's just an awareness of the term and behaviour in the past that wasn't labelled is now being given this label, whether correctly or incorrectly. What may be seen as an increase in narcissism is just the inability of people to be able to be told that they are incorrect or can't always have the things that they want their own way. A possible hangover of children being told that they can do and be anything they want without the realities of having to work for these things to happen. A sense of entitlement, perhaps. Narcissism is properly viewed on a spectrum and we can probably find ourselves on the spectrum somewhere. Most people being near the middle and a few extremes at either end. The Narcissistic Personality Inventory, or the NPI, developed by Robert Raskin and Calvin Hall in the 1970s, is the most commonly used measure for this trait. Scores range from 0 to 40, with an average tendency of 4 in the low to mid-teens. Healthy individuals who score somewhat higher may be perceived as exceedingly charming, especially on the first encounter, but eventually come across as vain. Perhaps even a bit of a know-it-all. Such individuals may have awkward or stressful personal encounters with others, but they still fundamentally have a healthy personality. So what are the traits of narcissism? It's easy to describe someone who spends a bit too much time talking about themselves, um, who have, never has any sort of self-doubt, as a narcissist. Uh, but the trait is much more complicated than that. Narcissism isn't about having a surplus of self-esteem, and I'll talk about the difference between that in a later episode, but it's based in insecurity and fragility in self. There is a hunger for appreciation or admiration, a desire to be the centre of attention and an expectation of special treatment reflecting perceived higher status. A grandiose sense of self-importance, a lack of empathy for others, superficiality and a tendency to manipulate and or exploit other people. Interestingly, research finds some types of highly narcissistic people often readily admit to an awareness that they have a sense of self-centeredness. 
but in others they are oblivious to their behaviours. A high level of narcissism, not surprisingly then, can be damaging in romantic, family or professional relationships. What's the difference between narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder? Pathological narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, is rare. It affects an estimated 1% of the population, a prevalence that hasn't changed much since clinicians started measuring it. But it's hard to get a true number as it's very unlikely that someone with NPD or severe narcissistic traits will ever seek help and get a diagnosis. However, the disorder is suspected when narcissistic traits impair a person's daily functioning. That dysfunction typically causes life issues and especially friction in relationships due to the pathological nature of the narcissist's lack of empathy. It may also manifest as antagonism. A pathological narcissist naturally views everyone else as inferior and may be intolerant of your opinions if you disagree or ask questions. People with NPD display five or more of the following traits. An inflated sense of self-worth, constant fantasies about being better than others, a belief that they are more special than others, should only associate with higher status people, an insatiable need for flattery and admiration, feelings of entitlement, willingness to take advantage of others to get what they want, a lack of empathy, arrogance, feeling envious of others or that they're jealous. I heard someone say that anyone who lacks empathy is a narcissist, which isn't true. Um, some people struggle with empathy because they haven't developed the mirror neurons that they would have done in, in childhood, which allows them to be empathetic. Uh, and there are, there are conditions like alexithymia, um, where people just don't know how they feel or cannot attach emotions and will come across as with having no empathy, but are definitely not narcissistic. So apart from NPD, what are the other types of narcissism? So firstly, there's grandiose or overt narcissism. And grandiose narcissism is probably what most people think of when they think of a narcissist. It can also be known as agentic. In psychology, grandiosity refers to having an unrealistic sense of superiority. Grandiose narcissism, therefore, involves overestimating one's abilities, asserting one's dominance over others, and having a generally inflated sense of self-esteem, often at the expense of others. They are predatory in their seeking of vulnerability in other people, highly competitive, and show aggressive tendencies. They are likely to feel good about themselves and overestimate their emotional intelligence, which is one of the oddest things as their emotional intelligence is clearly very low. Overt narcissists can be charming, but obviously lack empathy. In conversations, they don't relate to people, but rather aim to one-up them. This might be because they crave attention, enjoy seeing others hurt and confused, or both. There's a vulnerable or covert narcissist. This is also known as closet narcissism. In opposition to the grandiose narcissist, these tend to be shy and self-effacing, despite still being highly self-focused. They can appear inhibited, manifestly distressed, hypersensitive to the evaluations of others, and chronically envious. 
They crave people's recognition and get very defensive in the face of criticism as they harbour a deep fear or sense of not being good enough and internalise these thoughts and feelings. Covert narcissists are often abjectly miserable and believe their suffering is worse than anyone else's. They tend to present themselves as victims and can be quick to cry or stage a crisis to gain attention. Their manipulative behaviours are exhibited as passive-aggressive and they also tend to struggle with anxiety and depression. Malignant narcissism. Just as the name implies, they are manipulative and malicious. They show signs of sadism and aggression and are the most severe type of narcissist. More closely connected to overt than covert narcissism, the malignant narcissist may have many common traits of narcissism along with traits of antisocial personality disorder. Often mistaken for psychopaths or sociopaths due to their aggressive, hostile behaviour, their paranoia, their sadistic behaviour and dehumanising behaviour to those around them. This type of person will hurt you physically, emotionally, mentally, financially and sexually and not bat an eyelash or have any kind of remorse. Not only do they lack empathy, but they get pleasure seeing people writhe in pain and discomfort and have spent their lives perfecting the craft, becoming better narcissists. They are also prone to substance abuse and addictions. Subtypes of narcissism that you may uh, be aware of that fall into the three main categories that I've already mentioned are also seductive narcissism. So people with seductive narcissism understand the power of flattery, making someone crave positive attention. They'll freely shower targets with compliments and gifts in order to get the admiration that they desire. When they're not getting enough praise from someone for their acts, they have no problem dropping that person and moving on to a new target, blaming the other person for the reason that's being the reason that they left in the first place. A communal narcissist. A common trait between many types of narcissists is a gap between the way they view themselves and how they behave. People with communal narcissistic traits perceive themselves as highly generous and altruistic but behave in the opposite way. They can become outraged when they witness injustice or see someone being mistreated, but they don't apply the same views to their own behaviours. Antagonistic. Competitiveness is a personality trait that's associated with many narcissistic types, but especially noticeable with the antagonistic narcissist. A low level of trust in others creates a tendency to see the people around them as rivals arguing frequently with others and treat most social interactions as a competition. Sexual narcissism. A sexual narcissist feels entitled to have their needs met, their sexual needs met. They have a self-centered view of sex and tend not to be skilled at emotional intimacy and therefore are not very interested in their partner's needs. They frequently overestimate their skills in the bedroom because they are not very tuned into their partners, yet they need and expect a lot of praise for their performance in the bedroom. They can react angrily to sexual rejection. They expect sex in return for gifts and nice gestures, 
and will pressure, trick or manipulate you into having sex with them. They feel entitled to get sex elsewhere if you do not meet their sexual requirements and blame you for them doing so. Exhibitionist narcissism. The need for constant attention is like a bottomless pit for these people. They think they are better than others physically and intellectually. They look down on others, even their friends and family. They are very status conscious and materialistic. They think they are very special and have enormous need to be admired all of the time. Hypervigilant narcissism. These types of narcissists tend to be highly sensitive to the body language, facial reactions, tone and other reactions in people. They tend to take things personally and can be hypersensitive to criticism. They are prone to feeling shame or humiliation and can be self-effacing. They are likely to direct towards others and prefer not to be the centre of attention. As mentioned, narcissism exists on a spectrum and you can see from the different types how this could vary. Showing traits that could classify you as grandiose, vulnerable or a malignant narcissist doesn't necessarily mean that you have a mental health disorder. In small amounts, it may even give you a healthy edge in getting ahead in the world. And this is termed as healthy narcissism. Yes, healthy narcissism exists. Each person has a bit of healthy narcissism within them and will feel proud of their accomplishments and will want to share these accomplishments with others because it makes them feel good. Healthy narcissism is also the ability to feel a sense of entitlement and knowing that you belong in certain spaces and you deserve good things. These feelings though are in line with your reality, unlike other narcissism where it is all a sense of something in their own heads. To big yourself up is very positive and can lead you to achieve in many areas of your life. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of self-promotion. So that's the types of narcissism and what narcissism is. And in the next episode, I will discuss why it can be difficult to identify a narcissist and why people stay in narcissistic relationships and also the type of person a narcissist has a tendency to go for. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.